course, I just want to thank everybody who's been keeping me in your prayers. They mean um, so much to me. But it was in May, and the bishop was preaching about paying tithes and offering, and um, I just felt that I needed to share what God has done for my family. Um, You know, and a lot of times we hear a word and we make ourselves an exception to that word. We look at our situation or we look at what we're going through and we say, well, that word does not apply to me because of, you know, what I'm going through or what I'm facing. And, you know, basically when we do that, we're saying that we don't trust in God and we don't trust that he can make a way and we don't trust that he is there for us. And um, when I was thinking about just all that God has done, I thought of this story in Second Kings, and it was a woman who lost um, her husband, and um, the creditors were going to come take her two sons as slaves to pay off the debt. And she goes to Elisha, and he tells her to go to her neighbors and to collect jars. And then in those jars, um, they fill them up with oil. But it required action on her part. She had to go to the neighbors in order to get the jars. You know, and a lot of times we want just God to do for us, but God is telling us, but I need you to do this before. Um, And so in 2014, it was my desire to work from home. I teach high school and... um, teaching, you know, we have a lot of vacations, but it's a very draining profession. And, um, I was getting to work before my kids even woke up and I was coming home and grading and planning. And so I was just really praying that God would open up the door for me to get a job where I can stay at home. And he did, he opened up a door for me to, um, teach at an online school and, um, I took a huge pay cut in order to do that, but Mel was working, and so we just said, well, this is best for our family, so we'll just make sacrifices so that I could work from home. And, um, you know, God obviously saw what was about to take place in our life because just a few months later, he was diagnosed with cancer, and I think of just the ability for me to work at home. I can't imagine having gone through everything that I've gone through and having had to go to work every single day. But God saw the storm that was coming and he gave us provision in the storm where I was able to work at home and where I was able to, um, I wasn't supposed to, but I was able to work from the hospital, you know, and so God, um, Sometimes storms do come in our lives, and sometimes we're so focused on the storm, and we're not focused on God in the midst of the storm and what God is doing in the storm. So um, when Mel was diagnosed with cancer, he could not work. And so I had already taken a pay cut to work from home, and then, you know, he did not have any pay at all. And, um, you know, God put us in a position where we just had God to depend on. And a lot of times when we're in that position, we complain and we grumble. But it's when you're in that position that you're really able to see that all God can do because he does not need man to provide. He doesn't need man to orchestrate things in You know, Mel was 29 when he was diagnosed with cancer, and he was technically disabled, but you have to work so long to get disability. So there was absolutely no extra income coming in besides um, 
mine. And um, the reason I shared this testimony with the bishop was because there was never a question in our mind whether or not we were going to pay our tithes. When we do our budget, tithes and offering is at the top. And it didn't matter that my paycheck was not going to cover the expenses. Tithes and offerings stayed at the top. And God just, you know, continued just to provide um, for us. And, you know, we paid our tithes and offering on my paycheck, but every single donation that we were given, we paid tithes and offering off of the donations as well. And um, God made a way month after month after month. And um, not only did he make a way, but there was a Wednesday night, Bishop, where you spoke to Mel and myself, and you said that, God was going to restore everything that we lost. And I know a lot of times people look at death and they think of it as, well, this is an example of God's not answering prayers. But this is not our home. This is not what we're living for. You know, like our hope is in heaven. And, you know, God did restore Mel's health. It wasn't on earth, but he does not have cancer and he is not paralyzed and he's in the presence of God right now. But not only did like every single month God provided at the end of 2015 when we added up like my income and then um, I get contracted to write test items through like a standardized test agency. So we added up that income and we added up every single donation we got and literally exactly what we had made the previous year. That's how much money we got in 2015. And so God restored everything that we had lost. But he didn't just do that in 2015 because in 2016 he did exactly the same thing where exactly what our income was combined before Mel got sick was what we made in 2016 through all of these different things. And, you know, I think about what would we have missed out on if we made ourselves an exception, if we said, well... We don't have to pay our tithes and offering because of our situation. We would have struggled and we would have missed out on all that God wanted to do. But it wasn't just financially providing because it had been my desire to homeschool my kids and there was a certain curriculum that I wanted to use and it's kind of an expensive curriculum and obviously with just me working, it wasn't something that we were going to be able to do. And so I joined um, a Facebook group where people sold, you know, used curriculum and there was a person who was selling the curriculum I wanted for the grade level in Malachi. And so I reached out to her and um, we agreed to, or she wanted to meet at a certain time. And I remember Mel had an oncologist appointment at that time. So I said, well, can we meet a little bit later? Because my husband has an oncologist appointment. And then, you know, I do not know this person and she could have made money selling the curriculum, but she told me she wanted to bless me with the curriculum. But not only did she give me kindergarten, she gave me first grade, she gave me second grade, and she gave me third grade. (laughs) 
And so, again, it's just another example of sometimes we're so focused on the storm, we're so focused on what we're going through, but if we just focus our attention on God, we'll see that he's making a way for us through the storm. Um, And then, um, you know, when a person passes away and when they have minor children, um, you get Social Security death benefits. And so when I talked to Social Security, they told me a certain amount that we were going to get a month. And, you know, like Mel was 31 when he died. And so he had not had a lot of years of working, paying into Social Security. And so the amount they told me was not necessarily a large amount. And when I added up what I made and when I added up what um, they were going to give, it didn't meet like what our expenses were. But, you know, I was not worried or I wasn't afraid because I had two years of looking back and seeing if God provided and God made a way. And um, I knew that you know, God was going to make a way, whether it was him giving me an increase at my job or whether it was God just making a way like he had been the last two years, I knew he was going to do that. And so when I got the official letter in the mail of how much we were going to get every single month, the amount that they had told me had more than doubled. And now when you add up that plus my my salary, it equals what we need every single month. And so, um, you know, again, just another example of sometimes we're so focused on the situation that we're going through that we don't see that in the situation God is providing for us and in the situation God is there for us. But not only that, in the situation, like this is a testimony not just to believers but to unbelievers of everything that God does. Um, but then also when um, when Mel passed away, um, I really felt like I needed time off of work because... It is hard when a person has cancer, and obviously it's incredibly hard when um, they pass away, and I had myself and have two little children, and so I saw like what I had in savings, and I um, made the decision that I was going to resign from my job for a little bit so that I can just rest and allow God to heal me, and so I reached out to my boss, and I... um, You know, I work from home. My boss is in Houston. And so I called her and told her that I was going to um, have to resign because at this point I had used all of my sick leave. I had used all my vacation leave. And so I had no more leave left. And um, she told me that she wanted me to reach out to human resources. And she said, I want you to take an unpaid leave and tell them that I approve it and see what they say. And so, um, my company, my the charter school I work for, it's owned by a company that's based out of Maryland, and um, that company is owned by Pearson, which is like this huge uh, educational agency. And so, you know, I'm not like a person; I'm just like an employee of like tens of thousands of employees. And so, it was a long shot to be able to take that unpaid leave, but that would guarantee that in August I would have a job and I wouldn't have to look for employment. So I reached out to Human Resources and I told them that uh, my my supervisor, you know, was um, suggesting that I take unpaid leave. And the person I spoke to, she reached out to her boss. And this was in the beginning of April, and there's eight more weeks left of school, and I get paid in the summer anyway. So it was eight weeks that I was going to need off. And they made a way where I could take time off, but I would get paid for taking the time off. So for the last eight weeks that I have not had to work, but God has provided financially. 
And, um, you know, this is obviously an example of when we are obedient to the word of God, like God will, he will provide for us and he will make a way for us. And not only that, but like I said, you know, a lot of times we're so focused on the situation, you know, and we feel like, well, Jesus, you're asleep in the boat and we think we're going to drown. But, you know, when you read that story, the purpose of Jesus was not fulfilled yet. And so even though the storm was raging, the disciples were never going to perish. And the same is true for us that when we are going through a storm, And when things all around us are not making sense, and when it seems like just there's mountains and mountains in front of us, if we just keep our focus and our attention on God, we will see that he is going to get us through and that we are going to make it. And I think of this Shunammite woman who said, all is well. And the Bible says that when she was making her way towards Elisha, you know, he responded, she's in bitter distress. And that's not to say that situations are not going to be painful because I can't even describe in words like how painful it is to lose a husband, nor can I describe in words how painful it is to have a five-year-old and six-year-old lose their dad. But I can confidently say in the midst of the pain that all is well. We can only say all is well when we are focused on God because the minute we take our attention on God and we put it on our situation, then we allow the lies of Satan to feed into our head, the lies that tell us that God doesn't love us, the lies that tell us that our situation is too big, the lies that tell us that this is not fair. But the minute that we determine and we say, I'm not going to focus on the storm, I'm not going to focus on the situation, I'm not going to play the life is not fair game, but I'm going to praise God in the midst of the storm and I'm going to thank God in the midst of the storm. then we will truly see just all that God can do and all that God wants to do. But it's not just about us. Because when we look in the scripture and we look at you know, Joseph, for example, he was in the prison, and if he was just focused on his situation, the, you know, why isn't this dream coming to pass, and like, why am I here, and God, I was living for you, why did you allow me to be in here, he would have missed the cupbearer, and God allowed the cupbearer to be in prison, because that was purpose, the purpose of the plan to get Joseph elevated in the into the palace, but if Joseph was focused on his situation, he would have missed out on the purpose of the cupbearer, and a lot of times we focus on our situation, and I have been guilty of that, where I focused on what was going on, and I focused on the pain, but when we do that, we miss out on all that God wants to do, because there is a purpose, and there is a plan, and even though this storm is raging, that doesn't mean that God is not working, because he's working in the midst of the storm. And when we look at it, it's not just, like I said, about us. It's about us being a witness. And we read 
You know, in scripture, Paul and Silas, and they were imprisoned, but they weren't focused on the, why are we being persecuted? The Bible says they were praying and they were singing hymns. And then while they were doing that, there was an earthquake and the doors of the prison opened and the guard was scared. And they, he said, you know, um, what do I need to do? And Paul and Silas, you know, taught him and then him and his family were baptized. But if he or Paul and Silas were just focused on the, you know, life is not fair and why are we being persecuted and why are we being in the prison, then that guard and his family would not have been saved. And I say that because um, in order for me to take time off um, and get paid for it, I had to see a grief counselor and he had to be a licensed grief counselor. So I found one and um you know, the first time I went there, he asked me about like church and I told him I went to a Pentecostal church and he said um, that his brother was Pentecostal. And then um, he said, bless his heart. And so, you know, like I'm not from the South, but I know that that's kind of like a backhanded insult. And so, you know, um, but by the second time that I went there, this grief counselor um, began to not call me Kimberly, but he started calling me Sister Kimberly. And then, um, you know, it's supposed to be an hour, but it was like 15, 20 minutes in um, each appointment. And he would just be like, well, you know, it seems things are going good. And, you know, like, and so he would let me go. And so then this last Monday was the last time I had to go since it's summer vacation. And um, he started to talk about my church. And then he asked me where my church was located. And then he said that, you know, oh, maybe I'll make my way there as well. And so if I was just focused on the life is not fair because my husband passed away and life is not fair because my children don't have a dad rather than focusing on, well, life may hurt, but God is still good. Then I wouldn't have been able to be have been able to be a witness to that counselor, but not only that, um, I got baptized when I was 17, and my parents were, especially my dad, completely opposed to me coming to a Pentecostal church. They go to a non-denominational church, and like the first five years after I got baptized, living at home was not fun, and um, my dad would put books on my bed about how I was in a cult, and every Sunday when I would come home from church, he would ask me what I learned and tell me how it all, was all wrong, but, you know, I continued going to church, and I continued serving God, and, you know, over time, my parents, who used to criticize the church so much, come to me now when they have prayer, and in this situation that I found myself going through, you know, I would write and just talk about how good God is and my parents would read it and they would share it and people they went to church would read it and when my parents were here for my um, Ramel's funeral, my dad told me that the next time I go to California that his pastor wants me to speak at their church and this is just... Another example of how 
there are times when life may not make sense in our eyes. But if we just trust in God and we just trust that he's in control and we just trust that he has a plan and we just trust that even if things don't end the way that we wanted them to end, that God is still going to work things out. And if we don't make ourselves exceptions, but we truly do bless the Lord at all times and we truly do give him thanks and if we truly do just worship him and live for him, we will see that he never does abandon us and that he gives us hope and that he gives us peace and that he gives us joy and all that may have seemed lost, that God does restore it all. And I know this kind of started as the testimony of like what God has done through paying the tithes and offering, but that's just an example of when you're obedient to the word of God, that God does provide and he does make a way. And... This storm, as much as we want it to pass right away, you know, this is year two and going on for what I've been going through. But God is going to be faithful because he is faithful and he is good and he is great and he is mighty. And we need to just make sure that no matter what we are facing, no matter what is in front of us, that we praise God at all times. Because he is so good, and he is so mighty, and he is so full of love. And it doesn't matter what we are facing, because again, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in heaven. And you know, Malin dirt a lot. But the moment he took his last breath on earth, he was in the presence of God. And it didn't matter what he had gone through on earth. It was all gone because he was in heaven. And it doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't matter how long the storm may be raging in our life. Because we have hope of one day if we endure and if we don't give up and if we don't turn our back on God, that we are going to make it and we are going to be in the presence of God. (laughs) 